What's going on, guys? This is the Games Podcasting, featuring Antoine and Roman And this episode is brought to you by Santa's Little Elves, Antoine and Roman. No, I'm just kidding. But you, Jack, just in time for the new year. <laughs> you, well, you thought this was almost close to the end of the year. No, this is a new era for you getting jacked for all next year. Um, wanted a quick point out, um, Ro- Roman is also leaving again for almost like two weeks during this holiday season. So we, uh, this is our second podcast this week, but it won't release until obviously the week after the episode nine falls out. So uh, wanted to say this really quickly before we begin this. Hopefully you guys have a happy holidays. Good new, great new year. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the time spent with family. I don't. I don't know. Do you want to say anything more than that? Just want to give a quick shout out to all the people that are listening. Thank you guys for everything. Can't wait to show you guys what's going on in 2020 uh, with the Gaines podcast and everything around it as well. Yeah, irresponsible. If you're, <laughs> well, you 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 can always count on Robert being the responsible adult in this room because I you you do what you want. Enjoy your family time. Right. But um, no, everything's going to be great. I know I mentioned something in episode eight um, about I kind of teased something. That's still to come. I just have been really, Roman and I have been uh, doing a lot of work lately. So um, expect that to still come. It's going to be huge, folks. It's going to be huge. Don't don't even worry about it. We're, we're only on episode 10 here, and we, we still got a lot of brainstorming ideas for you guys. But... This episode today is, as you probably already read from the title, um, since we're already in a couple minutes, uh, is about supplementation. Um, So in the last episode, we did talk briefly about supplements and, you know, the whole food to supplement ratio, blah, 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 and all that good stuff. But, you know, after the episode, I, I did talk to Roman right away, and I thought there was a little bit more we could discuss. Obviously, a lot of these things we briefly touch on. But there's a lot more that goes into uh, the working out world. You know, there, this is going to be a forever thing where a lot of research is coming out. There's new stuff all on the market. And supplements have been there since day one. Probably not the biggest supplements since day one. But now you're seeing so much out there. There's so much marketing with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff. You know, these companies are paying a lot of athletes today a lot of money to sponsor a lot of these supplements that most of the time they're probably barely using. I mean, obviously, larger people, larger athletes, they're probably using a little bit more because they have more frugal mindset, or not a frugal mindset, I should say, and they probably have a lot more money when it comes to uh, purchasing those supplements. But I wanted to give, a, as I was saying earlier when I talked to Roman after the last episode, is what what kind of is like the best-selling slash most supplements that we're seeing in today's world, a little description and then kind of our take on this. Um, You're going to see two different mindsets on this, which is a really good thing to see because it opens you up to both sides of the world and we're not going to be pro or against uh, just one way. So that's, I, I, Roman, Roman was uh, mentioning before this too, as we're talking and getting prepared for this, um, you know, his mindset is going to be a lot different than mine or his opinion. Um, but you got to always look at both sides. And this is why I like having like Roman with, by my side, because a lot of the stuff is different between us. And obviously in today's world, a lot of people think differently no matter what. Um, so 
The quick rundown, um, in when I said best-selling supplements, I went to uh, myprotein.us. This is where the sweatshirt I'm wearing today uh, didn't do that on purpose. Uh, I, I, uh, I do purchase a good amount of stuff because they have more affordable supplements, vitamins, uh, clothing. I'm not sponsored by them. I don't, they don't pay me, so check them out. If you're in the U.S. site, it's myprotein.us. I think they started off in the U.K., so I think myprotein.uk is probably a big one if but then again I doubt anyone from out of the US is watching currently um uh, because we're not that big of a podcast <laughs> yet um but I did scroll and you know like I mentioned in the last episode supplements were a big thing to me when I was younger starting off working out um but I like I was saying in the last episode I don't know how I spent so much money on supplements when I barely had a good job like, you know, with college and working at Best Buy, Best Buy like, part-time. Like, I don't even know how, like, if you look at my Instagram f- pictures, like, from back in the day, I would just brag on how many supplements I had. So I wanted to go ahead and kind of discuss what currently I'm seeing and we're seeing when it comes to, like, best-selling supplements. Can I briefly explain what they are. Um, what I mentioned in the last one episode as well, if you currently are seeking a new product or information uh what i suggest is examine.com we brought that uh, website up um it's a it's a website with scientists that are paid daily to do research uh research studies there's a plus version but you could probably get most of your information on the free version literally just type in what you're looking at it'll tell you what it is exactly um as well as what the dosages they're seeing by like either the american heart association FDA standards, all that good stuff that you'll make it easy and simple. Um, So check them out if you have any other questions or if you want to look at any other supplements as well Um, because there's a lot of info out there that you can potentially miss out or you can learn as well. So what I want to run down, obviously, some some things that I want to talk about. Um, Here's a list what I've seen on my protein at least when it comes to best-selling supplements is whey protein creatine um omega-3s slash like fish oil epa all that good stuff um i'll just categorize as one as well as bca powder um casein protein is it casein casein protein as well as melatonin and pre-workout um so i just want to do like a quick uh, brief intro of these and kind of discuss them um, and kind of my take on them. Um, Roman's going to probably do the BCAAs uh, because I, I, I still feel to this day that he knows a little bit more when it comes to that, um, as well as some of his take on melatonin that we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, simply whey protein, standard whey protein powder derived from whey, um, you know, there's pea protein and rice protein that we talked about before. Um, the difference is they don't use um, animal products. And you typically, I don't know for sure, because rice pea protein might you might have traces of animal um, product or no? Is that officially um, no? I, I don't know. Because when, when the whole point was to take the animal out? Yeah, it's probably dependent on the manufacturer and whatever their, their like claims are. Um, so if they're like a vegan or vegetarian brand, brand yeah, you're, you're, you're probably good. You're probably good there as long as they don't have any uh, type of like uh, negative or bad PR out there. 
Um, so I'd say with rice and pea, you're probably fine. Like that kind of a blend. If um, if you're a vegetarian or vegan listener, but definitely do do a little bit of research on it. If that's something that is like very meaningful to you, um, that's a that's a great question. I, yeah, I don't because I I just thought of that right now. I yeah. totally forgot. Like I'm like, hey, well, I know it's a rice base or a pea base protein, but like, what if like maybe maybe they wanted to make mix the ratios up because. I don't I like I I'm not familiar as much. So maybe that's one one thing to look at after this is that's something like, you know, hey, if you're vegan or vegetarian, maybe look into the ingredients just in case. Yeah. I would say manufacturing processes are like the area where we could have like a little bit of cross contamination possibly and then also like based off of like filtration. Like I think some manufacturers will still use like various animal organs for like filtration. So I, I would say that it's definitely something that if it's meaningful to you to do a little bit of research and, and yeah. find that out. Yeah, and so like, yeah, whey, whey protein has been around forever. That's probably one of the day one products that's been out. Um, the only thing is, uh, I would say check your brands. Um, what I've ta- I don't know if I've, t- I don't think I've talked about it on here, but when I've talked to Roman, uh, a lot of protein brands and whatnot, um, do mess up my digestion when it comes to like just drinking them i don't know what it is maybe because what we've talked about and what we've learned before is um a lot of people can't or don't digest like um what is it like dairy products as well as much as anymore um i don't i haven't researched about it as much but i i've heard you know since you get out of the stages um sometimes the dairy what is it dairy bacteria you just don't digest it as well when you get older i think it's simply because the fact that like once i got out of high school i stopped actually drinking milk is not that much i started moving on to like almond milk um roman can't drink almond milk that would probably kill him he has a peanut allergy but but like um i don't know if it's because like maybe dieting is a little bit easier on almond milk um because of the macros are a little bit better but I ever ever since I've bought some whey proteins, um, I can't really digest as well. I usually cook my protein in like protein waffles. Let me know if you want that recipe. It's a really easy recipe. But for some reason, cooking protein powder makes it a little bit digestible. And um, some brands, obviously, I think the standard of protein is a little bit better when it comes to different brands. Also check that too, because a lot of cheaper brands... I've noticed drinking protein since like 16 years old and eating it. Um, check the quality before purchasing it. I know it's kind of expensive, but uh, my take on whey protein is if you can't or don't see yourself eating enough animal products um, to make that, or pea protein or rice protein, if you're not seeing yourself hitting those numbers that the numbers that Roman suggested in the last podcast, when it comes to resistance training, I think this is a good, a very good supplement to have. Um, I know Roman, even Roman, uh, I'll let him talk about that later, but Roman even has whey sup, uh, protein. I have whey protein at home. It's I don't usually digest as much or use it as much because of the fact that uh, I try to consume most of my protein via, you know, beans um, and animal meat itself uh, because I always think that quality is a little bit better when it comes to actual food sources. Um, so the next one is creatine. Um, this one, this uh, definition is from examine.com. So creatine is a supplement that is a molecule that uh, is produced in the body from amino acids. 
um, like Roman was saying in the last one, proteins, animal meats have the amino acids. It's primarily made in the liver and to the lesser extent of the kidneys and pancreas. It stores that high energy phosphate groups in the form of uh, phosphocreatine, which is uh, donated from to ATP, rege- regenerating to ATP. Did I say that? ADP to ATP. Uh, primary energy carrier in the body. The role of energy production is particularly relevant under conditions of high energy demand, such as intense physical or mental activity. So as you can tell by the definition, creatine is a big proponent when it comes to training, but a lot of the times, like, you have to physically train to get that benefit. You can't, no one's going to suggest you to drink creatine and tomorrow you wake up looking like Arnold. That's not going to happen. Because I wish I did, because I've been suffering with creatine probably for about like four or five years now. Um, And you, you, you definitely need to push that physical training to get the benefits of creatine. Um, honestly, um, there is a lot of creatine mixtures and slash, um, I guess, different types of creatine. Uh, what I suggest and what other a lot of people suggest is just creatine monohydrate. As well as, um, if you guys don't listen to the Iron Culture, Iron Culture, we've mentioned it before, Eric Helms and Omar Isaf, they had Dr. Darren uh, Kandel on there He's a Canadian um, doctor that has researched creatine pretty much, um, you know, since he's started. Uh, he's he's fascinated by it. Um, he does mention in there the normal five grams per day uh, isn't all like fully determined. It's a good standpoint, but see the thing is, what is that five grams looking at? Um, a lot of people will dictate with uh, dosages via weight, as well as, you know, obviously Roman weighs around 160, um, and I weigh, you know, the 190, 192. So depending on how much you weigh too, that could affect it. Um, so typically right now, what I use is five grams daily. If I do train, I will throw in like two or three grams after training. Um, honestly, in my opinion, I always suggest to take it whenever, but there has been studies been shown after listening to that. I didn't realize how much studies were there. Uh, the effect is a little bit greater when it comes to before and after training, um, specifically after training. So um, another thing too is another myth is creatine will have you hold water weight. Um, what Dr. Kandau did say is if you do hold water weight the first time using creatine, it's a good sign. Um, it's a good sign because your body is holding on, it will just hold on to the water weight for a couple of days. After that, it should go away. So um, if you're seeing that, if you're hearing that, it's probably one of the biggest myths. Um, Also, just want to let you know, I did, I didn't ever cycle off creatine during my two bodybuilding shows in 2016. Um, You could go ahead and see the pictures. I don't think I was holding water at all. The only thing that you would probably see is that, um, I mean, the only thing between shows is I ate a bunch of cupcakes probably both times. So, I mean, if anything, it's probably the cupcakes and the the sugary carbohydrates because of how much I uh, did not eat any carbohydrates during those preps of those shows. So, in my opinion, um, I think it's a, this is a great cheap supplement that you can get over, you know, whenever you can. Um, also, creatine monohydrate, you probably will spend you only 25 to 30 bucks, you know, getting unflavored creatine once a year because 
Um, I only purchase it probably once a year, like I said, 25 to 30 bucks if you're doing five grams a day. Um, so that's just a general description on creatine. We could probably talk a lot more on that one. Um, also creatine, I probably should mention, is Roman will probably say with some of this stuff afterwards, is it's derived from animal meat as well. So a lot of the times you're probably eating it throughout the day. Um, I still think you probably need a little bit more, but Roman will... Roman will showcase uh, on that uh, point later on. Um, Omega-3s and fish oil was the next one. Um, I do want to briefly go over that. I think fish oil is probably one of the biggest, one of the other biggest ones that you see, even people who don't train. Um, My parents both take it. Um, I think fish oil is a really good source of supplement, um, but you could probably get a lot of those, um, you know, vitamin side slash, you know, those, those oils from actual live fish. Um, so brief description on this one, uh, fish oil is a common term used, referred by two kinds of omega-3 fatty acids, EPAs and DHAs. These omega-3 fats are usually found in fish, animal products, and phytoplankton. The fatty acids, EPA and DHA, are involved in regulating various biological processes, such as inflammatory response, various metabolic signaling pathways and brain function so as roman mentioned in the explaining macronutrients fat is an essential part of brain activity slash uh, hormoning hormone function um, so i think this is a great supplement to uh, purchase but if you do consistently eat a fatty fish once or twice a week you know a lot of doctors will promote this and a lot of nutritionists dietetics um, once or twice a week um, you can get away with getting enough um, fish oil in your actual daily intake. But um, if you don't or if you lack a lot of fish, I think, what would you say, salmon's probably the biggest? Salmon's probably the biggest one when it comes to like getting the EPA and DHA uh, levels adequate you know, to supply a healthy living. Um, there was signs on examine.com that it does lower depression, um, cognitive, cognitive function. So those are all benefits for you. Um, you do want to stay away. I think it, you said, what was it? Stay away maybe from, what is it? Translucent, uh, bottles because they're not manufactured as well. Yeah. There's something to do with, um, like the oxidative effect of, uh, fish oil pills. So, um, I've heard that when, if you're looking for a fish oil supplement, um, because you don't have access to, um, you know, readily available fish or the quality isn't, uh, where where you want it to be, or you might just not like fish, but you think that the benefits of fish oil are are worth um, like delving into um, for you know various health reasons as Antoine just alluded to. You're gonna want to most likely look for like a a darker bottle or a um, a bottle that um, uh, either minimizes or um, yeah minimizes or significantly reduces the amount of UV rays that get into it because that can have an oxidative effect to the, the fish oil pills. And some people report it making the pills like seem rancid, I guess. Yeah. Or, yeah, as I say, if the a lot of sunlight hits them, that's probably, you're going to enter a bad, yeah. you're going to have a bad time with that. I don't imagine just, somebody like just keeping their supplements like on the windowsill though. Like, yeah, like, yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't leave your supplements out on the windowsill. That's probably a bad one. Um, so the next one, um, you know, since we want to get to the pros and cons, I definitely want to briefly get over this. Uh, casein protein, as I mentioned earlier, um, it's pretty much 
just the 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 slow digesting side of protein uh, most of the time it is suggested for nighttime use as well as um, if you do fast during the day or can't get uh, a lot of protein during the day it, it would be early in the morning or during lunchtime if you do have a long period of time depending on your work schedule remember how we said in the last one if you're working night shifts day shifts Depending on what you're at, I would say probably the best time to eat this or digest it, I should say, is um, before bedtime or, like I said, in the morning. Another, um, I guess, food that could kind of be used is cottage cheese, too. I used to be a big proponent of cottage cheese. I used to eat a bunch of it before bed all the time. Um, That has a lot of trace of casein protein. Um, So definitely try that out if you do like cottage cheese. You know, if if you get the get the salted one or sprinkle a little cinnamon yeah, on it, fruit now. yeah, you do Sounds fruit. Like pineapple. Yeah, honest, really honestly, do that. That may, anything that makes it worthwhile. Um, the next one, pre workout. One of the biggest, uh, probably, I guess, money bag company is pre workout for sure. Pre workout is a simple um, powder that has ingredients that will help. Um, build you up before workout, meaning energy. Um, I can't. You can't really detail the supplement because so many people do it so differently. I don't want to go into details, but it's typically have like creatine, uh, caffeine, beta alanine, citrulline malate, all that good stuff in those. Um, right now, I mean, also too, there could be a lot of fillers. So make sure when you're buying pre workout, make sure it's a lot of the ingredients that that you like in the dosages. Um, in my opinion, I've recently been making my own pre-workout. So what I do is I mix all like the main ingredients, I'll m- mess with the dosages to see how I'm feeling or m- take away some because sometimes I don't need five, 400 milligrams of caffeine, just maybe do 100 or 200. So, you know, I usually make my own pre-workout. Let me know if you guys want to see how I make my pre-workout. I think I might have done something in the past on my YouTube channel. But I'm not 100% sure if I really showed it off as much. Um, so we're going to probably finish off with that. Do you want to go over BC? Let's, melatonin, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk too much about it. But let's go. if you want to talk about BCAAs, powder, and how they could be effective, as well as normal BCAAs and how we get them in our normal day, as well as let's go into what's your thoughts on supplements and what what will you do on a daily basis. Let's do that, yeah. Um, so BCAAs stands for branched chain amino acids. They've been popularized by uh, fitness, um, fitness companies, different supplement manufacturers as um, helping you uh, with recovery purposes as well as building muscle. And the reason that they, uh, manufacturers will, will push the idea that it's um, ideal for building muscle is that it contains uh, three amino acids uh, mainly three amino acids, uh, leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Uh, leucine is usually targeted as being the uh, amino acid that's most responsible for initiating um, this, this pathway that allows um, your body to signal to essentially start building muscle. So it, it was uh, perceived by the, the fitness industry for the longest time that BCAAs were this like this like little known secret in the fitness industry that was getting people jacked. Um, probably not the case because our our bodies, for whatever reason, don't seem to identify the individualized 
uh, chains or amino acids as they would if they came in a, in a whole protein uh, source. That way our, our body's like machinery, it's biological machinery, can dictate based off of the, the needs of the time uh, to essentially like unfold the protein however it, it needs to and then essentially like disseminate that how it needs to. So it seems that like from a hypertrophy standpoint, you're probably better off going with like a whey protein or like a whole source protein. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of proponents of BCAA still, um, even though they say like, oh, great for muscle hypertrophy, the recovery aspect may, may be very uh, pertinent. Uh, the, the combination of leucine, isoleucine, and valine seem to be very potent when it comes to uh, recovery. Uh, helping to um, speed up the recovery process for individuals, especially individuals. A, uh, possibly an even uh, more useful use case would be if you're dieting down. So if you're dieting down for a bodybuilding show, it, it may be worthwhile if you have some extra cash to spend to get some BCAAs and you know, just take like, the general recommendation that you know, whatever manufacturer you, you end up going with and seeing if that helps speed up your recovery because in, in that instance, that's when you're gonna be most drained, that's when you're gonna have the lowest energy levels. So any little advantage that you can, you can squeeze out of your, your training and your recovery process, which would then allow you to train harder, more, and maintain most of that, that or as much muscle tissue as possible because that's, that's the goal of dieting down is essentially don't lose as much muscle tissue as like the dieting process will incur, um, which will happen, unfortunately. But yeah, your goal is to essentially minimize that. Um, I, don't, I don't know what food sources you could get it from because um, it, my understanding of BCAAs yeah, they, are... They had, here, they had a short list, um, but le- the, this is off examine.com again. So this would be like lean, they said lean meat, fish, milk, tofu, cheese, eggs, quinoa. I think that's just because that those those sources have um, more of like a, a complete amino acid profile. Yeah. So. I think uh, that's. I guess that's what it was going for. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So it has like a similar effect. I I would say that that's probably more beneficial from a hypertrophy standpoint. So building muscle, um, building additional tissue to your body, if um, you're into bodybuilding or even powerlifting, adding additional muscles. I mean, just like the general public could benefit from adding muscle. So. Um, from Roman, Roman takes vegan BCAAs as well. We didn't really mention that, but we were researching stuff that I don't even know if it's true or not. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't verify it, unfortunately. Please, um, someone verify if vegan BCAAs are a thing, as well as what the heck's the difference and how they derive those BCAAs as well, because yeah. that would be interesting to know. Yep. So yeah, what so I would so say, after um, all this all this talking. What is your take on supplements? Do you use them? If you do, why? If you don't, why? Yeah. As well as what can you kind of like sum up on what the reasoning is behind it? Yeah. I'm not a big supplement fan, uh, to be honest. Uh, Damn. With you all. Look I, at that. He just threw all that down. He just said, you guys are wasting your money. I'm not saying that people are wasting their money. For, <laughs> uh, but for me... <laughs> It, it is a waste of my money because... Introducing I, Roman, Roman's Vegan BCAAs. <laughs> coming out now for fifty nine ninety nine twenty 20 servings. And then uh, I'll pull like high green now. I'll put out like a... This is like a steak BCAA. Like oh, yeah, yeah. Afterwards. You remember that? Yeah. 
Carnivore. Carnivore protein. Yeah. Wow, that hit me in the memories. Yeah. Wow, I'm pretty sure one of my good friends bought that. Nice. It kind of tastes funky, I'm not yeah. going to lie. It was like a chocolate. It tasted like I was drinking a chocolate beef shake. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But go on. Anyways, wow, that's great. That's so, great. Um, by their very nature, supplements are meant to be supplementary or like in addition to a diet that's lacking in those. Yeah, so, it's in the word. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, like from a very young age, I I just kind of looked at that and I was like, why would I do that if, if that's something, that's like. Aside from or not like part of the whole, um, so it, it they never really made sense and like the more I learned about them, I was like, well, fish oil, why don't you just eat, like more fish or just eat fish, or like have avocado or like, you know, eat some seeds like buy like a pack of seeds or like. You know, something along those lines. So I, I, for the longest time, I was always just kind of perplexed at them. And the more I learn about supplementation as well, the more I learn how much it falls short of the actual whole, whole food source. So like even whey protein, for example, there, there are so many different like manufacturing processes and just the, the heating of the protein itself so that you, you can get this, this like fine powder. It, it potentially denatures some of the protein so that the, um, the uptake of them is at a reduced rate if you were to take a, a, a similar amount of the whole food source. So I, I don't have any like literature to cite on this, but I, I would be very confident in saying that like a 30 gram whey protein shake, which is just like water and like whey protein, compared to like 30 grams of, let's say, um, you know, Greek, beef, yeah, Greek, Greek yogurt, yogurt and you know something along those lines would have a significantly decreased effect on on hypertrophy a significantly um, significant uh, decreased effect the the supplement compared to the whole food source and that's just and also on a side note too none of these supplements need to go through regulation most of them yeah. so like you know a lot of the times a lot of companies got caught for spiking protein um, and using BCAAs as the grams of protein and not actually grams of protein. Um, and I'm doing the quotation marks because it's probably false because a lot of the times, uh, as Merck Lobiner once said, a lot of these tests, like some of them cost like $10,000 just yeah. to test your protein. So who's going to honestly do that to someone else's protein? Yeah. Like, you know, like imagine, oh, let me drop 10000 to test this person's protein to throw them off the market. Yeah. So. Yeah, so there, there are definitely some like legislative reasons as well. Like Antoine mentioned, the the food labeling is it's pretty atrocious. It can be like anywhere from like ten to thirty plus percent off. Yeah. Um, so if if you're trying to get like pretty exact, you're you're gonna be screwed in that regard. Whereas like a, a piece of steak, five ounce piece of steak, you know, depending on like the marbling of it, you you can guesstimate at it pretty well. Like you're not gonna be exact, but that's that is a beside the point whereas you know if you're 10 to 30 percent off it's like much worse than being like five or ten percent off so um yeah there's definitely a discrepancy there um it's it's just extra money it's another thing to worry about so i i was a sickly child i had to take a lot of medication growing up and it was like just one additional thing to worry about so when when i was finally able to get healthy and i i like discovered like health, fitness, nutrition, all these different things, and I was able to use that to my benefit, I, I never wanted to get to the point, and I hope I never do end up getting back to the point where I have to, like, have a concoction of pills, and, like, I, I you know, I, 
if that's something that like helps you along in in your day to day and like you feel energized you feel better from it, it like even like your your blood levels like your doctor reports that it's getting better like don't stop taking them because you listen yeah. to this podcast yeah. keep on doing what you're doing but if you're looking for a reason to take supplements i would say before you start that um talk to your doctor um but also just look at your diet first um start to do some research on nutrition uh look up some of the resources that we provide on this channel uh hopefully we can be a helpful resource i don't i don't know it all i don't claim to be a nutrition expert i i know a thing or two about a thing or two um and you know we're trying to help you at least point you in the right direction but for me to like have to worry about taking just like one other thing it never made too much sense so i've always tried to just uh make sure i have a a pretty healthy diet that also is well in line with like what my lifestyle is and i've messed it up like pretty significantly i've tried vegetarian diet i've tried a vegan diet yeah. and like i just tanked man like i lost a lot of muscle tissue i lost a lot of weight i wasn't doing it um right at all i was super duper active um i continually am learning i'm learning more and more every single day so that's part of life is that that journey learning growing etc but i would say that like from my perspective i i think most supplements are not worth it um definitely whatever your doctor says do what your doctor says if you have a certain deficiency but if you don't have a deficiency i think it's it's more optimal or it's better to try and get it from your diet yeah and plus roman also doesn't want to uh stray away from the daily uh remembrance of supplements because he does take steroids and you know that's already a lot you know he's hgh at 12 8 p.m testosterone at 5 p.m and then some synthol oil before bed you know a lot of these things are really hard for roman to remember so guys just give him a break i'm just kidding none of that's real uh roman doesn't do any of that but Yep. I mean, hey, I, I just to sum it up to finish this off. I mean, I'm almost I'm like the same way with Roman. Um, the only thing to suggest is it's the ease of convenience for some of these things. I mean, I, I you know I still think like pre workouts a really good supplement, um, no matter what. But I mean, in the protein and protein powder, I think hands and creatine that's probably my top three that I efficiently consistently take all the time and caffeine seems to be a big one too yeah i mean yeah i mean but see the thing is you could probably get the same benefits of just taking a caffeine pill before the gym or a cup of coffee whatever whatever is easiest to you i mean shit i mean i'm i work hard for my money and i i wish i could have told myself from back in the day to like research first and do probably nothing first compared to something um well at least just get my butt in the gym but like um, that's what I have to sum up. Just I would just say do your research. Roman said suggest going to see a doctor, get that blood work done, see if you are even deficient, look at your diet and all that good stuff. And remember, kids, don't do steroids. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. That's the that's the, another episode down on supplementation. Thanks for listening. Do us a favor. Always like, comment, subscribe, follow us on anything. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, everything. So thanks again, guys. Hope you guys have a good holiday season. Great New Year, like I said before. And we'll see you next year.
Wow. Peace.